I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again. In today's world, your company is hands and shoulders, head and shoulders above a lot of people you know out there. You guys care, and that's unheard of in today's world. In today's world, it's all about money, and you guys aren't about the money. You guys, it's all about making people better, and that's 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 breath. That's a breath of fresh air. It's a breath of fresh air. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ, host of The Bee's Knees. Welcome. I'm glad you're here for another edition of our show. So think back to November, December, right before the end of 2018, when there was a big government fight in a shutdown. For most of us, that's ancient history. We've all moved on with our lives and uh, our pursuits. But for Carrie Lowry, my guest today, that was a momentous occasion. Carrie works for the TSA. Carrie was uh, out of luck when it came to getting his recovery on track after his knee replacement. You'll hear him describe this sort of the course of events, but that really goofed up one guy's knee recovery, and it took uh, a visit with the X-10 and a uh, manipulation, a manipulation under anesthesia to get this guy back in the game. Kerry is now back full-time at the TSA in Orlando. Uh, He's got an interesting history. He was an umpire for a good part of his life, worked in Venezuela, really wonderful fellow. We've become very good friends over the course of his recovery with the X-10 and I'm delighted to share his story here. So let's listen to my conversation with uh, former umpire, current TSA agent, Carrie Lowry. Well, I'm, I'm Carrie Lowry. I'm a 55-year-old guy, lived in Florida for 26 years, originally from Virginia. I moved down here um, to umpire baseball for a living and ended up getting a job with Major League Baseball doing minor league ball for a while and going to Venezuela and umpiring baseball for five consecutive years down there. I've done a lot of baseball games, a lot of softball games, a lot of anything with a ball in it I would call a ball and strikes or safe and outs on. Um, background is I'm an engineer by trade, and I'm currently working at the Orlando airport, working for Homeland Security with TSA. Um, every day is an adventure at Orlando airport. <laughs> uh, married, have one child. He's 36. Lives in London. Uh, he's currently in the Air Force. And married, and just only got a baby next week. Do the baby due next week? What? Um, Seriously? Yeah, I'll be a grand. I'll be a grandfather next week. Oh man, I yeah. have no idea. That yeah. is really cool. Yep, wow. he's a good kid. Turned out he's a good kid, just like his mother. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, not like his dad. Just like his mother. <laughs> and uh, from all the activities that I've done in my life, uh, baseball, all the wrestling, football, all the things I've done, it's created a, it created a knee issue. And um, over the course of my life, I've just um, <laughs> well, I had the ailments, and next thing I know, arthritis kicked in, and then I had to uh, get a new knee put in eventually. Did that surprise you? Or were yeah. you like, man, I'm working on my knees? I mean... Being an umpire, no, you're, I mean, it's it after. surprised me when I saw the, when I saw the X-ray and I saw bone on bone. I knew I was going to be in for a, a long doctor's office visit. And mm-hmm. um, when he came back with 
uh, knee replacement, I was completely shocked. I was utterly shocked. I, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I thought maybe I'd get a cortisone shot, put a Band-Aid on the situation to, to ride it on out for a little while, but that was not the case at all. So you didn't go through those steps of like shots, no. injections, things to put it up? It, was, it, it wasn't offered to me. He said, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's bone on bone. I, I could physically see it, and I, I could definitely feel it every day. So mm-hmm. I, it wasn't getting any better. Probably it was getting worse. I mean, I went from shoe to shoe to, to different lotions to anything I could possibly do to put on my knee to alleviate the pain, but um, to no avail, it didn't help at all. So, mm-hmm. he, he, And, yeah. and um, did it creep up on you, this need for this appointment, or, or did you put it off? Or, or, you know, I blew it off the about years four months. Before that. About four or five months, I kind of four blew months. it off. Okay. And, um, yeah, I started, like, in May of last year, and then I ended up having the knee replacement in November. So I blew it off as long as I could. But and what about going job, up to with, May? What about going up to May? Like, was it, was it like a year or two before the May appointment where you're like, man, I got to go see somebody? Well, yeah. I mean, I would continuously take aspirin and Tylenol or whatever kind of thing that would alleviate the pain during the course of my day at work because with what I do at work, we're bending, twisting up. I'm on the plane. I'm under the plane. I'm patting people down. I'm moving bags. We're always constantly moving. So, you know, I, it was, it was kind of difficult to do the job, you know, with the conditions that was, I was dealing with. So something had to change. Something definitely had to change. As you look back, do you think it was all the sports that kind of got you? I think it doesn't, didn't hurt. And, you know, I might be a little bit overweight now that might have something to do with it, but I know, well, that's what everybody seems to think. I mean, the doctor told me the same thing. I mean, I've been doing baseball and, and athletics since I was like six, seven years old. So, it's, um, you know, it's taking its toll on me eventually. So I know the left knee is going to go eventually sometime. So. With your right knee, was there, uh, previous, were there previous surgeries? Was there any injury? No, none. No. Nothing. Okay. I was so there wasn't any reason for it to be worse than the other, just sort yeah, of Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the, right, the left knee looks fine on, on the x-ray, and the right knee was nothing but bone on bone. Hmm. hmm. So... Low. Yeah, right. Well, and that, that's kind of what we do these calls us. So how can we learn from everyone else's experience? So you go in in May of 2018, almost a year ago, about a year ago, and you find out you need to go forward with the surgery, but you put it off for four or five months. You then go forward in November. Um, well, how about this? How did you pick your surgeon? Was that a process, or did you just find the right guy pretty quickly? Or? Well, I, in my earlier life, I, I worked corrections, and I had had a finger that had got um, somewhat taken off in a door dealing with um, uh, an inmate and the doctor the doctor that did the uh, surgery they did a fantastic job so I said well you know what if they could work on my finger they could work on my knee so they're also the team physicians for the Orlando Magic and all the sporting activities around this area so I figured if they could work on you know these million dollar ball players basketball players and they could work on a simple man like myself, me. So mm-hmm. I went that route. What's the name of the practice? Uh, Jewett Orthopedic in Orlando. Sure, right, right. They're a pretty big outfit too in that region. Yes, they a lot are. of surgeons. Yeah. Uh, so you find Jewett Orthopedics, and then who was your surgeon? Doctor Randall Rust. Rust, right? R U S T Rust. Mm-hmm. So you find Doctor Rust. You decide to go forward. Uh, you uh, have the surgery. How long were you in the hospital? I was only in the hospital a day and a half. Okay. A day and a half, and then I came out. 
And what was going on in the hospital? If someone hasn't gone through a surgery before, they have one coming up, what, what should they expect in the hospital? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I just know that, that, you know, they told me to come in, went in a certain time frame, and it was like a wham-bam, you know, get you in and get you out kind of thing. So mm-hmm. the, I guess to keep the blood clots down, I wanted to stay a couple of days just to make sure I didn't have any issues prior to, mm-hmm. prior to getting released. Mm-hmm. Did you use a uh, machine? Did you use a CPM machine in the hospital? I did not. I used just, I went to physical therapy that, that afternoon. And, um, and like I say, and then I was only there for like a day and a half. So I only got one, one session of physical therapy. And then mm-hmm. um, I got released. And then, right. and then everything bad started after that. So. <laughs> well, all right. Let's kind of go into that. What, was, what do you mean by everything Well, bad? what had happened was I got released and I went home and I live in the country in between, you know, I live in between Melbourne, Florida, and, or, and uh, Kissimmee and Orlando. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the country. So nobody would come out and do physical therapy for where I lived. So for two and a half to three weeks, I didn't get no physical therapy other than what I was doing at home, which wasn't much because I was kind of incapacitated for a couple of days. So I forced myself to drive with two feet, and I ended up going to the physical therapist maybe th- roughly about three weeks after I'd had the surgery done, and we did, I did physical therapy for about three weeks. And like I said earlier, I worked for the government, and we had shut down in December for 37 days. So my choices were physical therapy or food. So I chose food. So physical therapy stopped when, the, when, the, um, when we got not laid off but uh, furloughed. So I just uh, didn't get physical therapy like I needed it. So out of a three-month window of, before I went back to work, I only had physical therapy for three weeks. So the, uh, uh, I, I don't want to simplify things because it could be that there were other compromising factors, but it seems yeah, kind of obvious. That I'm that pretty was sure it was. That's 95% of what's going on. And then with with that, like a, you know, scar tissue builds up, and then you know as well as I do, once that's been created, it's you know very difficult to, you know, change. So with that comes you guys. That's when you guys came into my life. I started doing a lot of research into various types of machines and from what I saw on the internet you guys you know were like head and shoulders above everybody else from what I saw but with that came a little skepticism because you can see things but to physically I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hands-on individual and to see things on the internet and read about testimonials and things like that you know for what I do for a living I don't believe anybody until I can actually see it touch it and feel it kind of thing so Anyway, but, you know, after talking to you and, you know, some of your colleagues, it was really, it was really nice. It kind of opened my eyes that, you know, you know that this is probably going to be a, an opportunity. And, I, and I, I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad I did it, actually. It's probably mm-hmm. one of the better, thing, better choices I've made in my life. Um, I, it is, you know, it is a risk, got, though, right? You couldn't, you, couldn't sit on, you couldn't sit on one before you got on it. You had to kind of have a little bit of faith. And Absolutely. skepticism Absolutely. aside a little bit, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there were some things that we talked about, you and I, that, that um, just led me to believe that, you know, you guys were very sincere. And, and I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, that, you know, it's very refreshing to, to deal with a company that actually cares. And um, you guys are, went above and beyond for me, and I'll be internally grateful for you guys and the machine. I mean, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Absolutely. So great to hear that. And, you know, 
as you know, we're trying to make that experience happen for everybody. That and everybody with. should. I've passed it on to as many people that I've seen in physical therapy, you know, your information and, you know, trying to get your, your business out there because it's, you guys, there's not much out there for people that have knee replacements other than that CPM machine, and that's, that's very dated. I mean, you sit, and you sit there and, you know, this machine that you guys have, it's, it, it pushes you. It takes you as far as you can go. It allows you to go as far as you allow you to go, and then it stops when you can't go any further. And with the other machine, it just it seems like it's more, you know, very outdated, to be honest with you. Um, so it was, it was definitely a breath of fresh air to, to find a, a machine that is something that I, that I definitely needed, without a doubt. With all the athletic stuff that you've done in your life, does it remind you of anything that you've used in the gym or any setting? Not really. Um, no, I've, really, I've never really, I guess I took all this for granted. Um, I never really realized how much, this, how important it is to, you know, for flexing. I mean, prior to using this machine, I couldn't bend over and touch my toes. Not because I'm fat, just because I've never had flex, flexation. I've never had any kind of flexibility. Mm-hmm. I've always been very tight. My hamstrings have always been tight, but I can do it now. Oh, I've never done it before in my entire life. But, um, and it all comes down to stretching and, and uh, doing a lot of things that, um, that you're, that tr- I think Trisha, right? Trisha was telling me, helping me out with, and, you know, she was very helpful as well. Very helpful. Very nice person. Very nice person. She, she knows her stuff. Trisha does. Uh, she, yeah, she was very enlightening. She, you know, I was kind of, kind of, Going a little overboard with the between the machine, the physical therapy, what I was doing at home, getting in the pool, doing whatever I could do to make my knee better. She was kind of encouraging me to slow down a little bit, rest, you know, use the machine, you know, utilize your physical therapy, and you know, don't overkill it. Just, you know, don't don't abuse the system. Basically, I was definitely killing it more than I probably should because I've always understood. I didn't understand that, you know, the rest period. Uh, you know, all this stuff that goes along with with physical therapy because I've really never had any kind of injuries that required this type of physical therapy. Right, right. Um, how was it different than the PT that you had gone through? Different in the sense that PT, I usually dealt with machines like a squatting machine or a uh, leg curls or I couldn't get on the bike for the longest time. I finally got to, on the bike now, but... Um, just um, different in the sense that on the X10, it's, it focuses on exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to get extension. You're trying to get flex. And the other ones are more of a physical demanding thing versus a sit and let the machine help you out. I can't explain it, but it's um, more of a physical thing with physical therapy. You sit there and you do squats and you, uh, the guy will you know, do all kinds of things to help you out. But realistically, the X10 is... Pretty, was pretty much my go-to guy. I, I, mm-hmm. I was very unhappy when the machine left my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are... I loved every minute of it here. I, it was, we even had a nickname for it, so there you go. It's, uh, I love that thing. It was a great, great machine. Great machine. Now, wait a minute. Um, I love, a, of course, I'm jumping up and down listening to you talk right now, but what nickname did you name it? Uh, it just, we, we just called it the machine, nothing special, but, you know, we just, but it was just kind of a running joke at the house. My wife would say, are you on the machine? Are you on the machine? Are you on the machine? Yeah, I'm on the machine. I'm always on the machine. I lived on the machine. I spent a lot of time on the machine. Uh, this was wow. an incredible product, no doubt. It's your nature, though, isn't it, to just tackle these things? Yeah. I mean, you look at your career path and the things yeah. you've done and throwing, throwing yourself at it, you know, yeah. 
Very conscientious um, person. So did you, it sounds like you did a lot of time on the machine. Did you do, uh, we start with about three sessions, maybe 30, 35 minutes each. Did you lengthen those sessions? Sounds like you put in more time than the the starting point. Of course I lengthened them. I did the three (laughs) 30-minute sessions for about maybe three, two weeks, and then Mm -hmm. I went to an hour. And then I was on the machine three times a day for at least an hour each time. Wow. Um, And then at the end, I kind of backed off a little bit and ended up just going to one one hour, one one one-hour thing. When I went back to work, it was kind of hard to... Yeah, it was kind of hard to you know get two times in a day when I go to bed at seven o'clock at night. So right, yeah. So right, yeah. I mean, I was I was on it like when I was not working. It was it was daily. It was definitely a uh, part of my part of my daily life, morning, noon, and night. So mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you do? I mean, in the end, what kind of range of motion did you get? Well, when I started the machine, I got the machine two days prior to the. Well, I had the procedure done. And we didn't really go into this. I had the procedure Let's done. talk about that. Yeah, the manipulation under anesthesia. You had that. Correct. Procedure. I had the procedure done on the 19th of November. And around March, I wasn't getting any more flexation than I, than I should have gotten. I was at, I think, what I wrote it down. I was at, let's see, I was at 17 extension and 78 on the flexing part prior to the manipulation. So I go in in the, in the end of March, March 23rd. I go in for manipulation, and they knock me out. They bend my knee to one, I think it was 125, took a picture of it, and woke me up and said, have at it. So I come home, get on the machine, and like I said, I started at 17 and 78, and when I got done with the X10, I was at zero and 121. So it's it's been a great thing. It was a a constant work. What... I had a hard time with was if I got back on the machine like an hour after or five hours after I'd gotten off of it, I couldn't immediately go to where I left off. I had to gradually build my way back up to it, but it didn't hurt like it did prior. So mm-hmm. it gradually worked up, and then it got me to as far as I could go. And then, like I said before, it was um, it would only allow me to go as far as it would allow me to go, and then it just would go down. And then he, um, I think it was Dave had showed me various things that I could do to change the machine itself, whether it's putting pressure on the leg and working your hamstring or other things out there that was possible to, to do. So I experimented with that for a little bit. But I found that physical therapy kind of covered that end of it. So I basically just stuck with the extension and the flexing as, as much as I could on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, know, so from, Dave set you up and taught you a couple days before correct. Trisha takes over, you know, once correct. you get going on it and your MUA. But I remember... It was a, you had a, a kind of a tough first seven to ten days. I think you were you were struggling a little bit, weren't you, after the MUA? Yeah, it, after yeah. the MUA it was horrible. It was just like I had the procedure done all over again, the knee replacement. It was um, it was difficult. It was difficult. You know, I was back to felt like I was back at square one again. But after about maybe two weeks of constant persistence, it slowly but surely, you know, you know, changed. It definitely changed. Mm-hmm. So it took a while. I, know that I was a, a stubborn day. Yeah, I know we were. I was a little me, a little concerned because I, 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 some, you know, and you just stuck with it, obviously. But it was, you know, sometimes we see people just roar back, boom, boom, boom. In your case, it was tough sledding well, for a while, and it did take you a little longer than, you know, we might well, have I, expected. 
I've noticed something last week in physical therapy. I don't know why it's taken so long to figure this out, but last week the physical therapist, I had a small, maybe about the size of a tangerine, a little smaller maybe, on the, my right knee, on the right-hand side, right above my kneecap. It's just like a little mountain. And um, it's, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's scar tissue. So she started working that area with a, a little itty-bitty machine, not a machine, a little handheld device, just going back and forth, back and forth. And she ended up going up and down the side of my thigh all the way up to my hip bone, something called an IT band or something. And, oh, my goodness, as soon as she started on that, it loosened my knee up even more. Mm -hmm. So over the course of maybe a week and a half ago or so, it has gotten better and better due to the fact of her working that leg out, me working it out now, now having an idea that that was some of the problem that would – was not allowing me to bend it as much as I would like. So, you know, she did it the first day, and, and I thought I was going to cry when it was all over with. It, it, was, it was horrible. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's all for the good. It's all trying to, all trying to help me out. So for the last, you know, every other day I've been massaging the area, and, and um, it's, it's very tender, but it seems to be a lot less tight than, than it was prior. So small, small steps small steps you know I'm going to take your lead on that Carrie and I'm going to in the show notes for this this interview that we're doing I'm going to do a a little thing on the IT band because I think that that is not this is not the first time I've heard that as a factor in getting the bend right and you know sometimes incredible yeah yeah I mean she she said to me she said I'm gonna try something different today and I said okay what what possibly you guys be doing she said roll over on your side and I said here we go and then she started messing with this side of my leg, and I thought I was going to fall. It was horrible. I mean, she hit that, I mean, all the way up to my hip, all the way up to my hip, down, all the way down. It was crazy. And she did it for about 10 minutes, and it was so sore. It was so sore. So when I went back two days later, she did it again, and <laughs> it, was, it was not any better. And then <laughs> I, it wasn't any better. So then I go back and saw another gentleman another physical therapist, uh, and uh, same guy, a diff- same company, different guy, and he did something a little different, but it was the same. He used his fingers because he was a little stronger than she was, and he worked that IT band all the way up and down. So that, that seems to have helped a lot, a whole lot. So I'm going to physical therapy tomorrow, and I can't wait to get more pain done. I can't wait. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I mean, so you, got- you know, you go to physical therapy, and I leave out about physical therapy. I'm soaking wet because I'm there for a purpose. I'm there to get better, I'm, and I've got to get better by doing things. A lot of people over there, they, they have different plans. They're, <laughs> some of them are there for a social event. Some of them are there to get exercise, but, you know, I'm there to, I'm there to work it out. I'm there to work my knee out. I have said earlier that I've, there was a lady beside me the other day. Who, she was probably late 60s, and she had had both her knees done two and a half months ago, and she looked like she had never had anything done. So I told her, I gave her some information about your, you know, the X10, so, you know, I thought if you needed any help, you know, <laughs> you guys are the people. So, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's physical therapy, this I-band thing, was, I mean, IT band was absolutely um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I was wondering why my leg was so tight, but now, mm-hmm. now I know. Now I know. Right. So, I mean, you got uh, uh, certainly a working range of motion, you know, 121. Absolutely. You're still working on it. Are you doing, I mean, you've always been pretty strong. Did you? have to regain some strength after the surgery as well? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. More stamina than anything else. 
Right. Um, right. You're on your feet all day. Yeah. Yeah. More stamina than anything else. And how has work been now? I mean, are you still feeling the effects of all of this? Well, tomorrow I go to the doctor, and I'm going to get taken off of light duty and placed on regular work. So I'll be able to know that a little bit more later. I've been on light duty since I've been back. I've been on light duty since November. So okay. I've, I've had a kind of a cushiony gig the last few months, but that all comes to an end on Thursday, So, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy working. I'm pretty uh, go-getter kind of guy. I'm a little nervous about how I'm going to be when, when I have to bend the knee and, and, and go down and do pat-downs and things like that. But, you know, every day, one day at a time, you know, I'll get better. It'll, it'll eventually heal for me. So yeah. I'll be okay. Yeah. I'll be okay. Um, all right. I want to ask you a little bit about a couple other things, but let's finish the, the PT X10 sure. side of it. Anything, anything you want more? What you want to say about just recovery in general and advising the next people that listen to this, or maybe um, having a trouble of their own and they're trying to figure out some answers? Don't give up. Keep doing it. I mean, don't give up. Just keep doing it. It's um, it's persistence. It's all about persistence. You know, try. What, what I tried to do was, uh, Trisha kind of told me that you know when you get there and you're doing it. And let's say you're at 110 and you want to get 112. You know, if you go to 110, hit your peak, and then go back down to 19, 108, and then come back. And if you can get it at least once, try to get it. And then, you know, obviously you're not going to be comfortable there, but just kind of hit a peak, come back down. And like in my case, let's say I hit 121, 122, and then I'd come back and consistently hit 117, 116. Where I was, it didn't hurt. Well, you know, I wasn't uncomfortable. I was. Um, I was dealing with it. You know, I got to 121, 123, 125, it started hurting. So, I mean, I would just be persistent. Be persistent. Don't give up. It's going to get better. Every day, every day is better than, the, than yesterday. So mm-hmm. uh, just be persistent. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you know, it'll all work itself out. Have faith. Keep going. You know, it's, it's a very, very slow process. I completely underestimated, completely underestimated the procedure. Um, I've had 10 total surgeries in my life. And this was by far one of the hardest ones I've had to deal with. So there's no doubt. But be persistent with physical therapy. Go to physical therapy. Don't call off sick. I mean, go because they're only there to help you. They're, you know, and the X-10 is the same thing. You know, it's there. It's, it's, you, know, you, you get it for a reason. You get it to rent it and, and uh, to get as much out of it as it allows you to give. So get. So I'm, I'm, I'm like I've told you before, you know, everything from the fact of, you know, where you went to school and your dad and where my aunt and uncle were at. And, you know, I just knew we were going to be pretty good friends since then. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never, I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, in today's world, your company is hands and shoulders, head and shoulders above a lot of people, you know, out there. You guys care. And that's unheard of in today's world. In today's world, it's all about money and you guys aren't about the money. You guys, it's all about making people better, and that's 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 breath. That's a breath of fresh air. It's a breath of fresh air, without a doubt. Wow. so great to hear, and I I just uh, uh, love love hearing it. But I I know that that is our mission, and um, we're growing, we're doing, you know, expanding, and all kinds of wonderful business things, right? But um, I think we recognized long ago that it's going to be a referral from a patient. And a good go. experience and a good recovery. That's going to be how you that is, expand that's, and That's definitely the ticket for you guys, for sure. Um, from my end, I'll, I'll send as many people as I can to you guys because uh, I know now how it works. I know that um, it's a good machine. It's a good product. It's, 
it's definitely head and shoulders above everything else out there in the world right now. So from what I've read, and I've done a lot of reading, so wow. I'm, I'm internally grateful, that's for sure, no doubt. Awesome. All right, let's, let's leave knees for a second. And uh, I just had a couple more questions because you have two, I think you've had many, but you have two really interesting career paths for me that I was just kind of curious about. How did you get into umping, and what was that like? <laughs> well, I was uh, married with my first wife, and like I said, I'm an engineer by trade. So I just um, started umpiring games. I started doing little league t-ball, and uh, got really bored with that. So I ended up going up, you know, moving up the ladder and doing, you know, little, you know, high school kids, and then ended up doing college, and and um, you know, went to school, got a job, and just um, started. I got lucky enough. I was very lucky that I was at the right place at the right time, and I guess I found my niche. And you know, one thing led to another, and I ended up getting a job with ball baseball, and just you know, started doing baseball. And then yeah, I ended up going to Venezuela, and um, I'd been in been in South Florida for about two weeks, and I, I was from Virginia, and I moved to Florida to pursue the baseball thing, and um, I started traveling everywhere, and then I, you know, I was living from house to house, and with friends and friends and whatnot, and I didn't really have a house to call my own. And then all of a sudden, this ex-major league umpire just happened to be a part of the association that I was involved in. He came to watch me do a game, and like I guess he liked what he saw, so he offered me a chance to go to Venezuela. And I'd only been, I'd only been in Florida <laughs> maybe a, a month, two months, and uh, I had to go get a passport down in Miami, and next thing I know, I'm going to Venezuela and went down there five winters in a row, and a lot of baseball down there, and, and um, yeah, then then I came out, and then, you know, like I said, I met the wife, I went down there for five years, and then after the third year, my wife, a girlfriend at the time now, she's like, well, what's going on, are we going to get married or what? And so, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be cool for me to travel eight months out of a year while I had a, woman, a wife that didn't speak English or drive a car or know anybody in the United States, so I got out of baseball and, and um, been married to her for 26 years. So, yeah, I started awesome. off as a girlfriend for a few months and then a, a wife of tw- 23 years, I'm sorry. We just celebrated our anniversary on Friday, the 17th. So, yeah, 23 years married, 26 years together. So that's how I got baseball. Then when I was married, I started doing, you know, kept doing, the, you know, not professionally, but I was doing, you know, various things here, semi-pro leagues here, and, and then I started picking up softball and making a part-time job. So. Yeah, many baseball games later, and softball games, and anything else that had a ball in it, we were I was officiating. So that's how I got involved with baseball. It was crazy. And you, do you officiate anything nowadays, or will you? No, again? I'm, I'm, I'm not with the D at all. I'm not backed off, but I do get, um, I do have the itch. And if I go back to doing any baseball, it'll probably be SEC college ball. That's probably what I'll end up doing. Um, mm-hmm. There's people down here that I have, I have a few contacts and. I could get back into it, you know, anytime I want, I'm sure. It's just a matter of reaching out and getting ready, basically, because it's, you know, it's, it might not look like you have to be in shape, but there's a lot of running and bending and squatting and, you know, all that stuff involved. But oh, we'll yeah. see. You know, I'm 55 now, so we'll see how it works out. I wouldn't mind doing mm-hmm. some SEC ball. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's good baseball. It's very good baseball, actually. So yeah. that was my yeah. baseball thing. So. And how about uh, with uh, Homeland Security? How did that all happen? Um... I was working in a jail as a corrections, and we got laid off, and I needed a job. So I'd applied. 
it was a very, very, very lengthy process. The background check was incredible. They asked me all the places I had lived, and, you know, being an umpire, I'd lived in quite a few places. So I had to do as much as I could, and, yeah, after once the background cleared and everything, you know, I just um, was lucky enough to get on with those guys, and been with those guys for August to be seven years now. So it's been a good ride. It's been a good run. I I enjoy what I do. Do you? Why? What's fun about working at the airport and doing that? Well, well, the fun thing about it is, you know, we do with people. I'm a people person all day, every day. And it's it's just, it's nice to, you know, we're trying to make people safe to fly. A lot of people don't realize what we're trying to do. You know, from their perspective, we're taking their water or taking their baby's water or taking something from them. But reality of it is we're just trying to make the place safe, trying to make the airport safe, the airplane safe. You know, whether it's going on an airplane and inspecting it prior to everybody that flies on it to talking to people who are maybe red flagged before they get on a flight and making sure they're they're not uh, misbehaving before they get on a plane. But, you know, that's you know, I enjoy the people I work with. Um, like I say, I'm a public person. I enjoy speaking to people, and I enjoy, like, the fact that, like I said, we're trying to keep everybody safe and Knock on wood, we've been pretty lucky. A lot of crazy things happen at this airport. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a story yeah. about that. But for the most part, that's why I do what I do. You know, if I didn't like being there, I would find another job. So mm-hmm. I enjoy mm-hmm. it very much so. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Honestly, we've really been grateful to have you, that you found us, and that oh. um, to have you as a patient. The pleasure's all mine, believe me. You you have helped me out. I, like I told I cannot get over how nice you guys are and how how incredibly good this machine was, no doubt, no doubt. Wow, awesome. Well, Kerry, thank you, man. Thanks for the interview, for one thing, and, and just keep working on that knee, and I'm, I'm just delighted that we had a chance to sit and talk. Absolutely, man. Thank you for everything, dude. I appreciate it. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.